Warning, this podcast features graphic content that may not be suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Hello again, Nightmare Society. Happy Valentine's Day, and welcome to another episode of True Horror Stories. It's obviously not exactly Valentine's Day yet, but this week's episode might make you hope you don't have a valentine. With that said, some of these stories may be triggering for some. If you're interested in more detail of what these stories are about before listening, I'll detail it at the beginning of the first story. If you don't want to hear any outcomes or details, skip ahead to the first story, which starts at about three minutes in. With that said, let's give a big thanks to our contributors, user ToejPied77, user XJimaX, and user SleepyHan. I'd also like to say hello again to Miss Ginger C, who is a member of our online campfire. Our Patreon is a way you can support the podcast if you'd like to. We have one, three, and five dollar tiers with different perks for each, which may include ad-free episodes and bonus content. You can find out more information about that at patreon.com slash nightmare society, and all the links are in the episode notes. Now, get comfy and prepare yourself for another episode of The Nightmare Society. Hey guys, here's the details of the stories. If you don't want any spoilers, make sure to jump ahead. The first story is about a couple of girls on vacation and could have been potentially assaulted. However, they were not. But this story does detail their experience with being drugged. The second story is about a girl and a stalker she had. And the third one is about a semi-kidnapping But if you're worried about it, everybody does end up being okay in the end. I've never shared this story with anyone. I was always too afraid to be judged for it. So it's something I buried down until my friend brought it up the other day. We both have daughters and we're talking about how we could educate them on being safe when they're teenagers and experimenting with partying. When my best friend and I were 17 years old, we went to the beach for spring break with a couple of our guy friends. My friend was talking to this guy she had met through mutual friends and wanted us to meet up with him at a house he and his friends had rented together. Our guy friends had ditched us to meet girls, so we decided to go ahead and go to her friend's house to hang out with them. When we get there, it was the middle of the day and he took us inside and introduced us to everyone. Turns out almost all the guys were on a basketball team of the same university. We all hung out and they were all drinking. My friend and I were not. One guy came out with two glasses of what appeared to be whiskey and coke. Against my better judgment, I started to sip it, as did my friend. There was one guy who appeared to not be athletic and he was the only person at the house who was not friendly towards us. 
His name was Mike. Suddenly, I started to feel very buzzed. We were laughing and talking, and one guy asked me to put on his jersey. I grabbed it and put it on over my clothes. He said, no, take off your clothes and put it on, in an aggressive tone. I was feeling more tipsy at this point, and I knew something was very wrong. Our parents had let us drink with them multiple times. I knew what it was like to be drunk. I knew how much I could handle before I was drunk. And one drink never made me feel like I was getting wasted. Quit babysitting that drink. Drink up, Weaklink. One guy said as they all laughed. Even though I had stopped drinking, I could still feel more and more buzzed. Especially since our drink barely tasted of any whiskey. My dad had always had whiskey at home, and we would drink a couple of whiskey Pepsis on occasion. I would feel relaxed, but this was much different. I said that we should go. Our friends were waiting for us. I headed to the door, and a couple of guys stood in front of us. No, 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 you can't leave. Come sit down over here for a little bit. As they ushered us back to the couch. This sinking feeling hit my gut, and I knew we were on borrowed time. Trying to stay calm, I laughed and said, I need to pee, come with me. I grabbed my friend's hand and we went to the restroom together. We both stood there and we had already read each other's minds. I put my hands on her head and looked her in the eyes so we could both focus. And I said, we need to leave now. Our phones both had spotty service all over the island, I'm guessing, because there was so many people packed on it. Take my keys and tell them you're going to get your purse and I'll stay here. You go get the guys and come back for me. I knew this plan probably wouldn't work, but my mind was going crazy. As I opened the bathroom door, Mike was standing there. My heart sank. He was rude to us earlier and probably heard us talking. Follow me and be quiet. Something inside me trusted him with everything I had in that moment. We followed him down the hallway to a garage and out the front driveway. Hurry up and get out of here. Now. We ran to the car and I drove off to our hotel. I remember driving, but I don't remember getting back to our condo. The rest of the story is from our guy friends telling us what happened. Apparently, we walked in and the guys asked us where we had been because it was already nighttime. And we were supposed to meet to barbecue some hot dogs. They said we didn't say a word, just walked into our room and closed the door and passed out. We didn't come to till the next day, and both of us had excruciating headaches as if we had drank a whole bottle of cheap vodka by ourselves. So to the basketball douchebags who tried to take advantage of two teenage girls, let's never meet again, or I'll kick you in the dick. And thank you, Mike. I wish I could thank you, and I hope you're out there reading this. And you remember the brunette and blonde little girls you saved that day on the island. I believe I was about 16 when this took place and was in sixth form of college here in the UK. So I'm guessing it was in the spring or summer. of. It was either a Friday or a Saturday when I got a text asking what I was up to and if I wanted to go out. I had no idea who the text was from as the number wasn't saved in my phone and I didn't have a name at the end of the text. 
I text back and then I got a phone call. Picking it up, I hear my friend Ong's voice. I was happy to hear from her as we went to secondary school together. I went on to college and she decided to do other things, so we didn't see each other regularly anymore. She didn't have social media and refused to have a mobile phone. I praised her for finally getting with it and getting a phone. She burst my bubble when she said it was a friend's. We had a quick chat. It was probably about 10pm, and I had to get ready so I declined and said another time. Around 12am I got a text. I thought she was contacting me again. The text read something along the lines of, Hey, this is Daniel, Ong's friend. I'm bored and stuck here till Ong wants to leave. Hope you don't mind me texting you. I didn't at this age. I used to be up until stupid o'clock on the internet, and he was a friend of my friend so I didn't see a problem. So he texted me for a bit. It was a kind of nothingness conversation. Around 2am or so I get a call. It's him. He said I sounded nice and that he wanted to have a chat. Okay, cool. I'm still wide awake, so we had a chat. It was alright. We had a laugh. Talked about nothing much for a while, then said goodbye. Next morning, I get a text from him. I reply. He texts me all day and rings me again later. I find out more about him. That he works in the local shopping center in a certain store I went to all the time. The kind of stuff he likes, which is nothing like me, but whatever. We talk about where we live, as we live in different towns about 20 minutes apart by bus. At this point, he knows what I look like, as Ong has shown him photos of us she had. But he's also seen my friendster page, which had a current pic of me. He, like Ong, didn't have social media back then, so I don't know what he looked like, but he described himself. Could have been literally any boy in southeast London at that time. I didn't really care what he looked like as I wasn't interested like that, but I had no problem chatting. So this carries on for a week or two, him texting me, calling me, finds out about me, asking loads of questions, which at the time seemed harmless. Around this time I had time off of college for Easter holidays, and he starts saying we should meet up as we're both free. I tell him I can't as I have to do some coursework. This was only half true. I did have coursework, but I always leave it till the last minute, so I was literally just being lazy and sitting about the house. He clearly didn't get the message as he started to text me constantly. If I didn't reply fast enough for him, he sent more texts and would call. I was like, dude, I'm so busy trying to do this, when I have time I will text you. After a few days of that, I got a text saying, I've had to go do XYZ and I'm in your area. Let's meet. I told him I was busy and I couldn't. He said that was okay, but then kept bombarding me with texts, urging me to meet him. No. Two days later, I get a text saying he's in my area again, and we have to meet. No. The end of that week, he is there again. And again. No. The start of the next week, he starts again about being in my area. I ignore the text this time. Later on that day, I get a call from a local area number. I pick up, and it's him. He says he's here and wants to hang out, and that I didn't reply to his text. I tell him I'm not at home, and I've been flat out, and that I'll text him when I'm free. 
I found out the number he called from was a public telephone box on the main road that connects to the road I live on. The constant texts were annoying, but I let them slide as I had no intention of meeting him, and it was only a text. But to find out that he actually was literally in my area and knew around about where I lived, all the questions he was asking before that seemed harmless made sense now. He was narrowing down where I live to the street, as I have a college at the bottom of my road and a park at the top, and he knew this. He knew what bus I got from college and the stop I got off at, which further narrows down the part of street I live on. He used to ask things about the clothes I wore and accessories I had, what patches, etc. were on my backpack. So he knew definitely now if it was me, if he saw me. Now this was not cool, at all. I told him that I'm not meeting him anytime soon, that I'm busy and that he needs to chill the heck out as I don't need the hassle. This really put me off wanting to speak to him, as it was freaking weird, and I really should have told him to screw off at this point. But when you don't really care about the person other than to have a chat with, I just thought if I lessen the contact, he will get bored and piss off on his own accord. School started again, and I felt safer knowing that he couldn't just be in my area when he had college quite far from me, so I wouldn't run into him. But the shop I usually went to which was near my college, I avoided as there was nothing in there I couldn't get elsewhere and didn't really go into the shopping center unless I had to and that would be during school lunchtime so he wouldn't be there. This wasn't because I was scared, I just didn't ever want to meet him and I was starting to get more and more pissed off the more I thought about it and I didn't want to be nasty to him. So the texts continued over the next few weeks I wouldn't reply to the majority of them and when I did they were polite and stated that I had exams soon and I didn't want the distraction. I then started to ignore his messages completely. They didn't stop. Another number I didn't know texted me. I was like who is this? And of course it was him from his mom's phone and he was angry that I'd replied to that text and not his. Now this was becoming a freaking joke. During this time one Saturday night, my mom rang me as I was coming home from a gig. She told me a boy I went to primary school called Morley rang to speak to me today, and he asked if he could call again, and before the call ended, asked if I had a boyfriend. I was like, what? Morley used to like me back in primary, but we hadn't spoken since we left school at like 11 years old. But our moms still chatted occasionally, so I had no clue what the heck that was all about. I get a call from Morley the next day. He tells me sorry for ringing me, but he really needs to ask me a question. So he asked me if I had a boyfriend. I said I did not. He then asked me if I knew someone called Daniel. I said yes, that I had been speaking to someone called Daniel. But what started out as a pleasant chat and some texts had turned into way too much. He then went on to tell me that Daniel goes to his sixth form and is loosely associated with his friend group, as no one really liked him. Boys being boys, they were talking about girls and Daniel went on to talk about his girlfriend. They asked questions about her and he told them who she was, what she looked like, what she was into, where she lived, etc, etc. He didn't think much of it. When he came back to school after the holidays, he had a bunch of clothes in his bag. They asked him where he was going 
as they wear uniforms, and he was bragging about how he had come straight from her place, as he stayed around her house lots during the holidays, and told them in detail how they had sex and got up to all sorts. He used to entertain them with stories all about her, and after a while finally showed them her picture. My picture. Morley was livid on the phone. He said the stuff Daniel was saying that we had done was just plain nasty, and the stuff he was saying about me he didn't think was true and wanted to confirm. He told me he would ring me back in a few days. Daniel was still trying to speak to me after hearing from Morley what he had been up to. I'm not going to answer clearly. I set the number to divert. I don't know if you could block numbers on my phone back then, but if I could, I didn't know how. I ignored the texts he sent me. I didn't even open them. I got home from school Monday afternoon, and about 6 o'clock I get a call from Morley, who again was angry, but was delighted. He told me he just got home and that Daniel had come into school with clothes in his bag again that morning, and said how he has been staying at my place, and all the other disgusting details. At that point, Morley, in front of everyone, was like, you have never been to her house. He was like, of course I have, and Morley was like, it must have been a freaking windy house, as he knows for certain that he has never been to my house, as he knows me, and spoke to me yesterday, and I am not his girlfriend. In fact, he has never met me, only spoken to me, and said that I refused to meet him, and have been pretty much ignoring him as he kept turning up where I live to try and spot me. This didn't go down well, obviously, as he had been made to look like a complete freaking idiot. That night, my phone wouldn't stop with texts and calls from his mom's number. He would not stop calling. I told my mom everything after Morley called, as she wanted to know what it was all about. I gave the phone to my mom at like 11pm, and she picked up, and he was sounding in a panic saying he needed to talk to me. She said no, I was in bed. How inappropriate it was to call at this time, and not only that, but not to call me ever again. Number was put on divert and I was still getting voicemails. I texted him and told him to leave me alone, and that it really is enough now. I know what he did, and I didn't want to know him. He went quiet till around 2am when he started calling again from a third number. I was asleep and my mom was awake. The call woke me up, so I called her in and she picked up the phone and went freaking mental at him. She said she knows all about it, and to leave me alone, or there will be trouble. He still texted after that. My mom was beyond livid at that point at 6am. She rang his mom's mobile, woke her up and told her all about what her son was up to. She was initially pissed off to be woken up so early, but when my mom laid it out, she just went quiet and was like, I'm sorry, I'll deal with it. I didn't hear from him again after that. Ong called me. I hadn't spoken to her since that first night, about probably just over a month ago. She found out what had happened. I think from his mom, and she wanted to know the validity of the call she received, and was so incredibly sorry, in that he wasn't even really her friend, they just knew each other from primary school and he lived close, and that he just turned up at her house and imposed himself on her, and her mom would always let him in despite her warning not to, as she liked him, so she just put up with it. She did say that in the past when he was in secondary school, he became obsessed with a girl in their area and used to effectively stalk her, and that her mom complained to his, but that he was young and didn't think he did stuff like that anymore. Clearly he was. So Daniel, for a 17 year old you were a freaking wrong'un. 
I dread to think what you're like now. Let's not meet. If you like true crime, dark history, the haunted and paranormal, then we think you'll like Ghost Town. Ghost Town is hosted by me, Rebecca Lieb. And me, Jason Horton. We cover both notorious and obscure true crimes. The haunted, paranormal, and unexplained. And the dark history of everything from world events to pop culture. There are new episodes of Ghost Town every Wednesday and Friday. Find out for yourself what Vulture.com called essential listening and one listener called a total waste of time. So pause the podcast you're listening to right now. And go subscribe to Ghost Town for free on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And at ghosttownpod.com. Hi, I'm Richard. Hey, I'm Christy. And I'm Tally. We're the hosts of Unethical Podcast. Every episode, we take a humorous dive into a case study that poses an ethical question, like, should mentally ill murderers ever be released? No. We discuss what the outcomes of these cases are and what they should be with a unique guest host every episode. Richard needs some more testosterone around here. Nah, I think it's mostly coming from Celeste. Girls are mean. Our podcast is no holds barred, true crime, comedy, adult content, and definitely not for everybody. But like most people can handle swear words and stuff, right? Am I right about that? No. No. You can subscribe wherever you eat your podcasts to listen. Follow us on Instagram where we post our teasers to guess what's coming next. And join us on Facebook to get involved in the conversations. I always tell this as a cautionary tale that's actually happened to me especially in light of all the terrifying, heartbreaking news stories of girls who get into Ubers and are never seen again. This happened when I was in college. It's one of the bigger party schools, with an entire street of bars you can wander to and from. My boyfriend, now fiancé, had gone back to his hometown for the weekend, so I decided to go out with some friends. I'm sure you can see where this is going. I had a bit too much to drink and was on the edge of a blackout knowing with my whole mind, body, and soul that I did not want to become a liability for my friends for the rest of the night, I told them I was going to Uber home. My friends insisted on coming home with me, but selfishly, I wanted to call my boyfriend when I got home and have a bed to myself, and I told them all no, but took a screenshot of my driver's name and info on the app and sent it to them. When he got close, I hugged them all and walked out the door. Like I said earlier, it's a big party school, with lots of bars in one area, so the entire strip is lined with Ubers from about 11 p.m. to 3 o'clock. It was almost closing time, so there were a ton. And look, I was hammered. I don't even know what a Toyota Yaris looks like at the best of times. So I'm searching, 
A man rolled his window down and asked if I was waiting for an Uber. I said yes. He told me he wasn't my Uber, but if I cancelled my ride and accepted his, then he would take me home. I was already thinking of the leftovers I had in my fridge at this point, so I agreed, cancelled my Uber, and linked my account up with his. He was super nice, and he was an Uber. I've heard stories of fake Uber drivers, so I did make sure he was legit. He called me beautiful a few times right off the bat, but hey, I was a girl in college. I got that a lot. I remember we talked about our favorite books. I told him I was an English major, and he was super interested in listening to me talk about tutoring ESL students in my free time on campus. So we were deep in conversation when he missed the turn from my apartment complex. I figured it must have been because he was distracted by our conversation. I politely pointed out that he missed the turn in, and he said he'd turn back around. Rather than making a U-turn, though, he took the longest way to get back to my apartment. I was still in familiar territory, so I knew at least that he was going in the right direction, but I was starting to get nervous. It was around 2.30 a.m. at this point, and it was super dark, and no one was awake, let alone outside. When he missed the turn again, I asked if I could just get out and make my way back on my own. He seemed kind of offended, like he was surprised that I wasn't engrossed in our conversation as much as he was. I kind of jokingly told him that I was a broke college student and he was racking up my bill during a surge. That seemed to straighten things out a bit. He was all, Oh, I completely understand, and turned back towards my complex. I was honestly so freaked out and drunk at this point that as soon as he pulled up to my complex, I was like, Okay, right here is fine, thank you and pulled on the door handle when he came to a stop. It didn't open. I hit the little lock latch. Still, nothing. Let's go get coffee, he said. He clicked the button in the app to say the trip was completed and clicked out of the app. At this point, I'm just trying not to look as freaked out as I feel. I told him I was tired and it was late and coffee was the last thing I needed at the moment. I tried the door again just to make sure I wasn't drunk and handling the door wrong. It still didn't open. We should just sit here and talk until you're feeling better. He was explaining to me. We can go somewhere more private too if you'd like. Do you live alone up there? At this point, I'm frantically digging through my purse for my phone. Screw being polite. When he asked what I was doing, I told him I promised my boyfriend I'd call him once I was home safely. Wrong thing to say. He got really pissed that I had a boyfriend and didn't tell him about it. He asked what his name was, what he did for a living, and where he was right now at this very second. When I gave a half-hearted answer, he got even angrier. He demanded to know why a boyfriend of mine would be stupid enough to leave a girl alone with another man. Him. He repeated it twice. At this point, I'm trying not to cry. When I figured my phone must have fallen under the seat, I started digging around down there. He demanded to know what I was doing. I gave my best impression of a genuine laugh and said I dropped my phone. He told me to stop digging around in his things immediately. I stopped. Mind you, I'm still drunk as hell at this point. I was just trying to keep my crap together and not vomit or pass out. I tried the door a third time. Still, nothing. He asked if I wanted to get coffee again even kind of begged a little. I told him no, I just needed to sleep. He asked if I lived alone again. I lied and told him I had a roommate. 
He asked if it was my boyfriend and I said no. He kind of got angry again and then straight up asked if I'd made my boyfriend up. I told him no and he got angrier and asked again why he would leave me alone with another man like this. I'm usually pretty good at reading people and I got the vibe that this guy thought he was a knight compared to my boyfriend. So I lied through my teeth. I told him I was going to break things off with my boyfriend, that we weren't even really that serious, that he was an idiot to leave me alone like this. Thank whatever freaking god was watching over me, but that did it. He calmed down and said that changed things. He asked if I wanted to get coffee again and I changed my answer to not tonight. He asked for my number and I gave it to him. He called to make sure it was my real number. My phone buzzed from between my seat and the door, and I fished it out. He grabbed my phone from me and demanded I show him my boyfriend's contact information. When I did, he deleted it and gave me a big smile. Feels good, doesn't it? I said yes, and he put his number in my phone and gave it back. I told him goodnight in the hopes that he would release me, and he told me he'd like to talk for just a little longer. I had to stay locked in that car with him until 4.30 in the morning. I don't even remember what we talked about. He asked if he could hold my hand at one point, to which I said I needed to break up with my boyfriend before I did anything with another man. He liked that answer, thankfully. When he finally let me out, the door was child locked so it could only be opened from the outside. The windows were locked too. I walked up to the wrong building steps and crouched down in the shadows of some random person's door until he drove off. I sat for another 10 minutes, then sprinted out to my apartment. After crying on the floor in my kitchen for a while, I called my boyfriend and explained to him what happened. His response was the one I get from everyone when I tell the story. Report that asshole to Uber. But even though he didn't know which building in my complex I lived in, he still knew where I lived. I was terrified of seeing him again. I was terrified of calling an Uber. To this day, I refuse to Uber alone, and I make sure I have my phone in my hand every time I get into an Uber now. I realize this could have been a lot worse, and maybe he was a good guy with the wrong line of thinking, and did mean well, but I was terrified I wasn't going to make it to my apartment that night. Please be cautious when getting in an Uber. Don't be like me. So, Uber driver from hell. I know we've technically met before, but I'm going to have to rain check on that coffee date forever. Let's not meet. Well, that was nauseating. To everyone out there, especially on Valentine's Day. Guys, girls, and everybody in between, please be careful. Listen to your gut. And especially, do not be that guy. Thanks so much for listening. And until next time. Sweet dreams. Ha <laughs> ha